Welcome to the Spurs Brothers Podcast, where we take a not-so-in-depth look at all things Tottenham. As the season comes to a close, we find ourselves at episode 23, The Italian Job. It sure was a job. I love it. It happened. We made it happen. We're in the Champions League. We made it to the Champions League, all thanks to, in no small part, Antonio Conte. The Italian job. Let's go. Crazy that he turned our season around from where it was. Pretty remarkable. It worked well in hindsight. I was uh, It was iffy there for a minute. There were some ups and downs, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe cheap. <laughs> but yeah, we got the work done on the day and terribly excited at the prospect of this upcoming season. Yeah, let's chat about it, Benny. I'm excited about this one. We've got some games to go over, just the one against Norwich on Championship Sunday. We'll take a look at that game. We'll jump in to uh, check on the Hotspur women. There's some transfer rumors. We're now in the summer transfer window, and there's lots to be discussed and plenty to be speculated. So looking forward to that. We'll step into the room for improvement, and we'll take a look ahead at this preseason before the new campaign kicks off in August. So we first got to cover the championship Sunday, and before we do, there was some team news before that Norwich match that, despite only needing a draw against the absolute worst team in the season on the final day, Lasagna Gate, some nightmares came back to haunt Tottenham in the lead-up to this game. There was some rumors that were spreading about a possible food poisoning that had affected a number of the first-team players. Harry Kane, in particular, was not feeling well. That had come after Hugo Lloris and Dejan Kulusevski both had some pretty serious illness in the previous game against Burnley. Antonio Conte dismissed the food poisoning possibility, and apparently I think it was a stomach bug that was just passing among a few members of the first team. But that brought back memories of Lasagna Gate. And I'd heard the story, I'd heard it a million times, but looking back, it was in 2006 under manager Martin Yole. On the final day of the season, Spurs had to play West Ham. They only needed the same result as Arsenal would get on the final day of the season. And against a beatable team, West Ham, you know, 15 years ago, not incredible. The team stayed in a hotel the night before the game to make it feel like a cup final, had a buffet for dinner, and then at 1 a.m., about half the team started puking their oh, yeah, about half the team started puking their guts out and and the hours rolled on in the early morning more and more players went out sick and called in sick daniel levy had to call the premier league and try to get postponement for the game they tried rescheduling they weren't allowed to even postpone by a few hours only four senior players on the team avoided the illness among them striker Jermaine defoe and they had to call in reserves just to make up the entire team They took the field. They all felt absolutely terrible. Defoe did end up scoring a goal, but Spurs were going to lose the game. And on the final day of the season, they lost out on the Champions League and fell below Arsenal. It would take a few years later when a certain Mr. Gareth Bale would get us into the Champions League under Harry Redknapp. But incredible that that's happened and lasagna gate because of the dodgy lasagna, bad food poisoning. So... I think Spurs, yeah, flashbacks yeah, for Spurs sure fans, are just understandably nervous going into this final game, just a little bit, maybe cautiously confident. And I think the you know all of the worry was taken away pretty quickly. We had a few early open chances. All we need here is a draw or a win, no matter what Arsenal do, 
to clinch that fourth position and secure our Champions League qualification as Arsenal's kind of bottled it in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, massive opportunity for us away to, yeah, take some points away at the worst team in the league, relegated Norwich. And, yeah, I think an early goal is exactly what you wanted to calm the nerves. We had a few early chances, but the early goal did come, and it came from a sort of an unusual spot because it was... Hoiberg and Rodrigo Bentancur are center defensive midfielders combining with Bentancur running in behind the Norwich defense, Hoiberg playing him in with a beautifully lofted ball, and then uh, Bentancur found his Juventus compatriot Kulisevsky who finished, and just 60 minutes in, we took the lead. It was a thing of beauty. Bentancur slipping in behind the defense, saw the line, it was wide open, I love that he went after it, and it was a great ball from Hoybier, who had had some great touches up to this point. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal placement. Great touch from Bentoncourt, who I was afraid almost took too long on the ball before. Yeah, finding Decky to just slot at home. What a beautiful goal, and telling that those two would combine to put us ahead at Norway. kind of says it all. So early on, as, as they've really, yeah, taken so much of this last run of the season on their backs. It's incredible. That made everyone, I think, other than the Norwich fans in the stadium, feel a little bit better. Spurs would get a second in the first half when Tim Krul, under pressure, uh, Kulisevsky again, who's pressing high up the field, made a mistake that was pounced on by Bentoncourt. Again, those two combining. This time, Bentoncourt, one-time cross to Harry Kane, who's diving header found the empty net, and that made it 2-0. And now we're starting to think, yeah, let's get a goal for Sonny and give this old golden boot a run. For At that point, that's what it was. Sun just needed one goal more than Mo Salah on the day. Salah was starting off the bench for Liverpool with a slight injury he was dealing with. Two goals would give Son a great chance to win the golden boot. And he had two amazing chances at the start of the first half. The first was a he was played in by Kane. And the second, he and Kulisevsky got in behind the goalkeeper with an empty net. Kulusevsky kind of made a poor pass, and recovering Max Aarons just kept it away from Sun, who probably should have yeah, done something on it. got stuck under his feet a little bit there, yeah. And then just moments later, as if that wasn't enough, Kulusevsky just decided he was going to not mess up again. So the next chance he got, rather than looking for Sun, he just scored an absolutely ridiculous goal to make it 3-0, beating his man out wide, cutting onto the inside of the box, getting onto his left foot and curling it upper 90, which was a pretty amazing goal. It was goal. a stunner. A curler. Yeah, beat his man, left him for dead, and what a glorious finish. And took it, yeah, took it upon himself. Kulisevsky got subbed off just after that with Lucas coming on. Lucas would put in a flicked header for Sun, getting him completely behind the defense one-on-one against... Tim Krul, and the goalkeeper made another great save to keep Sun off the score sheet. But just seconds it gonna take? seconds later, Sonny would get one more chance after his hat trick of chances that he'd missed. Uh, Lucas would play him in again this time. There was no mistaking it. He slotted it away, and it was a huge celebration from the Tottenham team, which was so cool to see. It was incredible. What a th- oh yeah, what a, what a thing of beauty. And honestly, what a pass from Lucas. This was like behind him onto his weaker left foot that he like pushed on beyond to like behind his back it was an incredible show of skill and and athleticism for him to get that ball onto Sonny's feet it was yeah what what an assist and Sonny was equal to the finish and a few minutes later as the game was surely dead at this point Sonny would just put his stamp on the game maybe outdoing Kulisevsky's bit of class with a curler from distance putting that one on and at the far post 
And that was the goal, the second goal of the day. Salah would score after he came off the bench for Liverpool, which would mean that the two of them would share the golden boot. Yeah, Salah with a sloppy tap-in, and how many of those did he really score over the course of the season? I know that there were a number of penalties. He even missed a couple of penalties. So for Sonny to go 23 goals, you know... Not a penalty. Granted, felt, yeah, not a single penalty on the season. Felt, you know, slightly more deserving and, yeah, unequal share of that golden boot, but... Yeah, it was, it was an impressive day, and it was an exciting time. It was brilliant celebrating, and yes, I'm poor Kulisevsky's beautiful goal was put to shame with this finish from Sonny <laughs> to, again, at the time, put himself ahead in the golden boot race. So that goal was, yeah, heads above the rest and certainly the best one on the, on the day. And the first time in years that someone other than Harry Kane has been the top scorer for Tottenham Hotspur, Son Heung-min absolutely deserved it. Loved to see it. Kane played no small role in this either. I mean, 17 goals on the season. I, I, I can't even remember how many assists, but the fact that him and Sonny combined so many times, they're setting records, the two of them. And yeah, Kane, I, it, Sonny would be nowhere near this point in the season were it not for Harry Kane. So cool to see both of them do well. So cool to see Sonny get a little bit of the spotlight and the golden boot as well. Just going through the lineups, we had the regulars, Lloris and Gold, Davis Dyer, and Davinson Sanchez again was spelling Cuti Romero. Uh, didn't really have a, put a foot wrong, although we weren't under a ton of pressure. Sessignon out wide, Bentinker, Hoiberg in midfield, Emerson Royale on the right, and then of course it was the trio of Sun, Kane, and Kulisewski. Lucas came on and got an appearance, which was great, and two assists. Uh, we also had Bergwijn and Winks come on, hopefully but almost certainly Bergwijn's last appearance for Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, I'm going to miss him. Might be Wink's last appearance for Tottenham Hotspur as well. Kind of crazy to think about. It is. But yeah, on the day, so many results came down to the wire, really, on this beautiful championship Sunday. Yeah, City had to come back from two down against Villa, who were managed by Steven Gerrard, while he was kind of rooting for his, his old club, Liverpool, to like take the title. So he was doing his part. There's drama was involved crazy drama drama. um it's you know not the first time that manchester city have had to come from behind on the final day to win the title but they went and did exactly that salah did get the goal that would tie him in the golden boot race with Sonny. spurs of course followed chelsea into the champions league in the top four arsenal won against everton on the final day but that's just good enough for europa league along with manchester united west ham got the final european spot in seventh place in the europa conference league And then on the bottom of the table, a little bit of excitement as well as Leeds United won on the final day, having to do better than Burnley, who lost. And it's Burnley who are going to be relegated alongside Watford and Norwich City. Leeds United survive. Deservedly so in this one, as we were kind of rooting for. And what a fantastic way to, yeah, save relegation. The American Jesse Marsh, the manager. The American manager for Leeds made it happen. Really cool to see. Lots of drama. I don't remember a day at the end of the season that was quite so exciting. It was a good one. Yeah, the Italian job is rarely straightforward. And then there was some doubt, speaking of the Italian job, as to whether Antonio Conte, his contract runs through the next, the end of next season, but whether he would continue his time at Tottenham. He had a meeting in Italy with Fabio Paradici, our director of football, sort of to discuss the future of the club and transfer targets. And all doubt was put to rest after that meeting came out and Antonio Conte is committed to Tottenham. 
There was also a little bit of a big announcement just before that meeting that Enoch, who is the ownership group of Tottenham, announced a £150 million investment that's going to go directly into the club and directly towards the team and spending on transfers for new players. Yeah, what a fucking beauty, Benny. With the Champions League secured, that check is going to go a long way on so many different levels. You know, Players want to play at this club. Conte wants to stay at this club. Players feel invested in this club, and, and we get to see some action here in this summer transfer window, which I think we're all very excited about. It's an for. incredible thing, and it's also so not Tottenham. I mean, we've watched you know the billionaire owners of some of the other Premier League clubs just pouring endless amounts of money into their teams and winning trophies while they do so. Enoch has not put a big investment into the team in the 20-plus years that they've owned Spurs, so it's just not really something you see. You get a feeling it's the dream is happening. The Italian job is is here to stay. To dare is to do. Let's go. To dare is to do. As if that wasn't enough good news with Antonio Conte staying around. We got a little bit more. Dane Scarlett signed a contract extension. We'll see him around a little bit more. Cuti Romero has also finalized his deal from Atlanta, so he'll be here for sure. And then there was some other crazy news. Harry Kane went on the Tonight Show in the U.S. with Jimmy Fallon. And they didn't really talk about Spurs, but interesting to see a Tottenham Hotspur player on late night television of all places. He was a little bit awkward, but not too bad. That was kind of cool. Pretty, yeah, just uh, anticlimactic a bit. But uh, yeah, it looks like he enjoyed himself. And to keep the good news going, we made our first transfer signing of the summer. Just a week later than that, uh, even Perisic, 33-year-olds coming from Inter Milan on a free transfer, having his contract at Milan ending. You know, he's been there, done everything. He's also played under Conte because he's coming from Inter Milan. He was just converted from sort of an attacking midfielder slash winger into a wing back when he was playing there under Antonio Conte. And so it'll be a wing back position that he gets to play when he moves here. Yeah, and the left and right sided wing backs are easily our biggest opportunity, I think, moving into this next season. And Perisic, he's been on the he's been on the radar for some time. Yeah, coming through. I'm excited to see him in a Spurs shirt and see what he can do for these boys. I think the yeah that left wing back role is is perfect for him on this club. It would be cool that you know he can probably teach Ryan Sessegnon quite a bit going forward about I mean really anything. He's such an experienced player and a pretty huge winner. I think he's won in multiple leagues trophies and a Champions League winner with Bayern Munich as well. So pretty awesome to see that. If only we could get him to convince his countryman, Luka Modric, to join us at Spurs again. How cool would that be? all right. I wouldn't mind one bit. We will probably have another signing as well. It's not been announced yet, but Frazier Forster, the goalkeeper who was at Southampton, is also waiting for his contract to end and should sign with Spurs as soon as that's available. So possibly two, two transfers just like that. First amendment. Before we go over, yeah, lots of the possibilities, all of the transfer rumors swirling around the men's team this summer, we'll check in quickly with the Tottenham women who have a few bits of good news as well. Some sad news, though. They're parting ways with a few familiar players. Josie Green, who's been with the club for years, and this season's leading goal scorer, Rachel Williams, is going to be leaving the club this summer. And I think it's a sign that, well, one, squad turnover is pretty common in the Women's Super League, but also this could be a big push from Spurs women to try and replace those familiar names with some top quality players in the women's game. So it's going to be an exciting summer yeah, for women too. So. The other big news for the Spurs women is that they're moving their home stadium to the Brisbane Road Stadium, which is where Leighton Orient FC play. 
that's going to almost double the seating capacity for home games from where they had been playing, uh, which is pretty amazing to see for the Spurs women. So let's go on, you Spurs. I love it. Switching gears, though, to speaking of a busy summer, the transfer rumors swirling around Tottenham Hotspur, there are a bunch of them. We could see, I don't know, anywhere between six to eight of our players, current players, leave the team. Lots of exit rumors, but just as many, six or eight incoming players, too. Let's go through some of those outgoing rumors. Pierluigi Gallini uh, on loan, it looks like, back to Atalanta. Especially with Fraser Forster coming in. Especially, and... I think Fraser Forrester should hopefully be a good backup signing here. Um, it sounds very likely that Steven Bergwijn is going to move on to Ajax, which you know he's never played for. The Dutch club, I think, could be he really good another for goal him. For the They're playing well, team. and he's scoring left and right for their national team. He's one of their most important players, playing alongside Memphis Depay up top, and I, he impresses me every time he's on the pitch. And I'm, I feel like we're really missing out on someone truly special if if we do let him go, but. Seems most likely. Uh, Harry Winks, Gio Celso, perhaps to Villarreal, Tangi and Dembele, Joe Rodon, Sergio Regulon, all rumored with potential exits this summer, and we'll see what that looks like. It's going to be interesting. All the squad mix-up. Mix up. A lot of those guys I like, and it'd be sad to see him go. And as you mentioned, especially Steven Bergwijn, of course. But then, look at the players we might get in with... 150 million pounds or more to spend plus whatever we get for those outgoing players it could be a ridiculous transfer summer for Tottenham Hotspur I think the big link right now is center back Alessandro Bastoni who's just 23 years old and a regular nailed down starter at Inter Milan in Italy which is this boyhood club he absolutely loves being there we might just get him at Tottenham Hotspur though it would be incredible and it sounds like you know is he ready to move to the Premier League? Is he ready to move away from Inter Milan? It sounds like he might be, and it would be an incredible signing. We'll see. The rumors are feel like they're changing almost every day at this point. He's a big com- up-and-comer for the Italian national team. That would be one hell of a signing if we got him, because he, yeah, be he might be one of the best center backs in the world. You know, one of those players that could be on par with how good Cuti Romero has been for us. A few other players we're looking at in that spot could be uh, Gvardigol, who is a youngster, 20 years old, at RB Leipzig. We've been linked with him. There's also Paul Torres at Villarreal, who's a pretty experienced Spanish international defender, also plays on the left side of the defense. I mean, I've heard a dozen other names as well in there. But Bastoni would probably be the pick of the bunch. It It looks likely. We might actually see this happen. Switching gears to the wingbacks, we, of course, need both left and right wingbacks, as that's probably the position we can improve upon the most. In the left wingback role, we just brought in Ivan Perisic, of course, but he can play either side. A name we've been linked with is Philip Kostic, who just won the Europa League with his German club, Eintracht Frankfurt, and he's like their leading creator, sort of like how Trent Alexander-Arnold gets all of the assists for Liverpool. Philip Kostic can do just about everything takes the free kicks takes the corners and has the leading assists for that really good german team he'd be a hell of a signing there's also the youngster from england who just got promoted alongside nottingham forest although his home club is middlesbrough he might move to a premier league team permanently and spurs i think are on the top of that list and then there's the attacking roles we've got a lot of people that we've been linked with gabriel jesus from manchester city of course there's also Alexander Isaac, who's uh, big for the Sweden national team, still just a youngster, 22 years old, from uh, the Spanish league. Victor Osimen is another one. He's the leading goal scorer for Napoli. 
in Serie A. Also, Darwin Nunez, who had a huge season at Benfica, another youngster, as well as coming back to the Premier League, Alan St. Maximin, which he's crazy talented and would be excited to see him getting a run up alongside Harry Kane and Sun Hoon Man. And there's some other ones out there as well, but yeah, there's some big names being linked with our club, and I think Gabriel Jesus, if we can speak for the both of us, would be an impressive signing, and yeah, we'll see what, what actually materializes. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, I, I wrote down six names. It could be two dozen names that we're being linked with. I remember Memphis Depay was on the list at one point, which would be pretty exciting as well. And then in midfield, Christian Eriksen is, of course, a free agent. He might sign with Brentford, who we played with this season, but it's entirely possible we could get a return to Tottenham Hotspur of Christian Eriksen, which would be amazing. There's another name we've been linked with as a center midfielder, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, who's playing for Lazio in Serie A, and I think has been their leading assist and creative force through the midfield for like five or six seasons now. He's a pretty experienced vet and a pretty incredible player. But those are some exciting signings as well. Just, you know, throw a dart at the all the top strikers in the world minus, you know, the top ten. And those are sort of the attacker players are being linked with. It's incredible. That's exciting. Yeah. And that is time. I believe it's appropriate for us to step into the room for improvement. Kind of looking to wrap up this last game on Championship Sunday, keeping outside the room for improvement. Harry Kane, Hyung Ming's son, and Antonio Conte. Easy as you like. I mean, it's been a hell of a season from those three, especially since Conte came on board. Kane and son both upped their game. It's incredible. Never had an easier one. At the same time, I want to put every like almost every name on the team right there. I want like shout out to Ben Davis and Eric Dyer, who were fucking phenomenal this season, especially yeah. late on in the run. Kulusevski, who's incredible. I mean, Hoiberg and Bentinker were both amazing. It's been a pretty phenomenal end of yeah, the season. It's, it's been fun. I think that it's just feels good to be able to look back and be sitting in a position that I feel like we rightfully deserve and perhaps aren't all too familiar with though we definitely have had a run here in the champions league and i think that it just feels good to finish above arsenal and into this deserved champions league spot it was it's very satisfying and so proud of our boys and and looking forward again seeing how some of these rumors come about and what the next season has in store for us and i suppose i gotta throw some shade here to putting inside the room for improvement i'm really not going to name any spurs players and might as well just go ahead and call them out arsenal Arsenal have room, room for improvement. improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of bastards. Like oh, it feels, feels good to laugh about that. They collapsed right at the end of the season, just in time for us to take advantage. And with that, we've got to look ahead. Some preseason games starting as early as July 13th. We've got one coming up in Korea, Team K-League. Yeah, Korean League All-Stars for Tottenham Hotspur's trip to Korea. And while we're in Korea, we'll have another game playing against Sevilla, which, of course, is where Eric Lamella is, who will always be a Tottenham Hotspur player. In so my excited to see some friendly faces, I imagine. Eric, Eric Lamella is going to be some sweet and warm embraces, I'm sure, to be had. After that, we're looking at Rangers and Glasgow on July 23rd. We do afterwards play Roma. How we got linked up to play Jose Mourinho's current side, I... Yes, it's a preseason game, but I can see this one kind of getting dirty for whatever reason. I That's going to be a sticky game. Why that was scheduled in the preseason, we'll have to wait and see. 
it's the last preseason game before the season starts as well. So I think both teams will be taking it a little bit seriously. And fuck Mourinho. We have Conte, and I'm so happy that's that way and not the other way around. Couldn't agree more. And that's right. I mentioned it earlier. With the Winter World Cup this season, Premier League kicks off a bit early. August 6th, we'll be back in action. And, man, some exciting things ahead of us. It's going to happen quick. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about it. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thanks for a great season. It was a pleasure having you. Appreciate chatting with you too, Benny. It's had a lot of fun for me, so... Have a good night, and we'll we'll catch you later on, everybody. Awesome. 